0: The summer is here. That means outdoor festivals, comic cons, and the perfect weather for toy hunts. As the weather heats up and you're out there enjoying yourself, stay hydrated with our show's sponsor, Liquid IV. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone and three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. And it's easy to use. Just rip open a pouch, pour one of their delicious flavors into a water bottle, and shake it up. With Seaberry, Strawberry Lemonade, Concord Grape, Lemon Lime, Pina Colada, Tropical Punch, Watermelon, Guava, and more to choose from, there is a flavor for everyone. So whether you're on that long toy hunt, spending 10 hours on your feet walking your favorite Comic-Con, or getting your sweat on, stay hydrated and healthy with Liquid IV. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code AICPOD at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code AICPOD at liquidiv.com. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome, welcome to, to Adventures, Adventures in Collecting,
1: Collecting, where we talk toy
0: news, culture and hauls along with our journeys as collectors. Hello everybody and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Hi Dave, we we are back and uh and it's it's been an exciting Few uh, weekends of, of wrestling here. You know we're mm-hmm. we're we're coming 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 in hot off of uh, some big uh, record breaking events, especially in the world of, uh, of AEW. Right. So uh, as we we try to do, we try to make the timing work out. Doesn't always happen, but sometimes we get very fortunate and and it does work. Uh, we have somebody here who who works very closely on uh, on some AEW uh, product one. One could say. Yes. Right? Uh so yeah, so we are we're growing our our collection of uh of folks from the Jazzwares team. Um
1: one one would say
0: we're going we're going all out
1: today. Oh, I
0: like it. I'm all in on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Had to do it. Had to do it.
1: Yeah. Well.
0: You know, you know. When, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, you go one week and then <laughs> and you know, ne- next month we'll be living a wrestle dream.
0: So that's true. True. That's right. I forgot that they announced that, actually. Yeah, so yeah. yet another pay-per-view. Um, but we're, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to roll things back here for a moment. So, you know, first impressions, right? You only get one of those. That's, that's the thing that's really unique about a first impression. And our first impression of any toy or col- collectible is the packaging. And for decades, today's guest has been designing some of the most iconic examples out there, from Marvel and WCW during his days at Toy Biz, to AEW and Pokemon today at Jazzwares, We are thrilled to welcome Jazzwares Senior Director of Packaging Design, Chris Metzger. Chris, welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man. It's it's one of those things where, like, you know, it's obviously when people... uh, Think of toy design, right? They go right to the the articulation and the sculpt and the and you know and the and the way that the figure looks and moves. But you know the 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 unsung hero is how how that toy looks hanging on the pegs, right?
2: You know my my mindset has always been right. Um, the packaging is the product before the consumer opens it, right? So you have to you have to you know you have to have that that, that hook um, that that first impression, you know, to kind of you know, take the consumer in, uh, into the packaging. Right. Um, so yeah, so I always say like, uh, most of the stuff that I do ends up in the trash or in these days recycled, which I think is a good thing. Right. So consumers buy it, bring it home. Um, some unbox it, some don't, but, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, the packaging is a, is a big player there for sure.
0: Well, before we get into you know go go deep into your history and design and and you know how you got to Jazzware as we are today, uh, as this is a show about collecting, the first thing that we ask all of our guests on the uh, on the on the show, what are you currently collecting?
2: Well, fellows, you're going to be disappointed. I am not a collector at all. Really? Of, of <laughs> really? Anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to yeah.
0: be toys. It can I, be anything. No,
2: no, not a collector at all. Wow. You know. I think that's a first. So, I
0: think that you yeah. are yeah, I think that is. in a hundred and what are we on? 117, 18, something like that episodes. I think you are, we'll say f- four years. Yeah. You are the first person who is not a collector on the show. So uh, please leave. No, I'm just kidding.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but what, what, what I could tell you though, is, is the sort of the toys that I was fond of when I was a kid. Right. Yeah. Um, there's so many iconic things that, that folks collect now that, that were my go-to's and you know my favorites growing up, right? So you had the the 12-inch GI Joes, right? The stuff with the real hair, scar on the face, that type of thing, and then the the different sets of GI Joe with the um, uh, the white tiger, you know, safari, right? And you had the shark and the amphibious vehicle. Um, you had the the astronaut Joe with the with the small capsule, that type of thing, right? Um, and I was also into like the STP stuff, the ripcord stuff. Right. And one thing that was one of my absolute favorites was the STP smashing, uh, bash Derby. I think it was called or smash and slam Derby. So they had the, uh, you know, the ripcord guys. And I guess there was a, a switch or something on the bumper. So when the cars collided, the hood would fly off doors would fly off the trunk would fly off. Um, and as a kid, I was, a um totally into wacky packs
1: oh awesome all right
2: wacky packs and they they had the ones it was you know they had uh sort of the it was more of a fabric printed on fabric type of thing versus paper at that point so you know you have your jean jacket and you would plaster all the 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 wacky packs on the back of your jean jacket and that type of stuff and so but but yeah it's already disappointed guys i am not a collector
0: so I'm going to pivot on that question. When, sure, you, sure. when did you stop collecting? Like, do you remember, like, was there like a time in your life where like you can, you can vividly remember like separating yourself from, from toys?
2: Um, thing is, I mean, as a kid, right. You, it's not, you're not necessarily a collector, right. You just wanted to build out the play pattern, build out the fantasy, right. In this case, you know, GI Joe go on GI Joe with his adventures. Um, you know, go uh, with some things like even like uh, the Bionic Man type of thing. You know, so the 12-inch action figure is good. Um, you know, G.I. Do with the Kung Fu Grip. And then it was the – the uh, I forget what the company that did it, but there was Big Jim. I don't know if you guys remember Big Jim mm-hmm. with the muscle <laughs> – popping the muscle band. You know, that was, that was pretty intriguing as a kid, you know. One and done play pattern, but, you know, you had to pop the muscle band every time. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like I said, you know, it wasn't necessarily collecting. It was just sort of building out, you know, that, that, that world, you know, um, uh, where I grew up in, in New Jersey was just adjacent to the Pine Barren. So it was this big sort of, um, you know, sand clearing. Right. So we used to create, and there was to be a washout where the, um, the water came, you know, f- through the sores, through the sand. Right. So that was our snake river Canyon. Right. So we used to get our evil Knievels out <laughs> You know and reenact the whole snake river canyon thing um but yeah like like i said it wasn't necessarily collecting it was just you know just doing cool stuff with your toys you know and trying to recreate that moment
1: so when did um design come into play how did you get into to design or even specifically designing packages
2: yeah. Um, so I went to school initially for medical illustration, right? So I did two years of that and I'm like, geez, I'm pretty much in a pre-med program here. I was taking physiology, biology, anatomy, um, some chemistry, you know, after two years, you know what? Hey, you know, I saw these people, there, like, they're doing graphic design. I'm like, wow, what's graphic design? I, I don't know. It was, you know, uh, 18, 19 at the time. <clears throat> and I, kind of asked him a few questions I was like, man, I'm switching my major to graphic design. Right. So at the end of the day, when I graduated college, I ended up with a degree in graphic design. Um, did a couple freelance gigs here and there. Um, but you know, needed to make money. So I was working, um, in a sort of cafe that was in the same office building as Tyco toys. Right. So I'm there prepping, sal- prepping salads, slinging salads, uh, taking orders, that type of thing, and a, f- a friend of mine who was the manager at the the cafe was like, um, "Oh, you know, I know this person from Tyco Toys. but blah. Well, you should go. You should go talk to her, right?" So I go. I go talk to her, and, and she was like, "Oh, we're totally looking for people. Can, can you do, you know, this, that, and the other thing?" i like, "Yeah, sign me up. Never done it before, but yeah, I could do it, right?" Um, you know, after talking to her, she's like, "Can you start next Monday?" <laughs> As a, as a freelancer, right? So I, I freelanced there for probably about six months, and um, you know, got hired full time as a designer. Kind of worked my way up and ended up being the uh, manager of of packaging design there. After it was three years, four years, maybe five. Um, first job. So essentially, the first real job out of school was with a toy company. Um, Left there, started my own business. Had that for twenty some years, twenty five years. Um, did a couple gigs here and there, and, and ended up in Jazzware. So, so like I said, the the, the first uh, job out of school was with in toys, and always been you know toys and kids, 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 entertainment ever since. So, I mean,
0: you you've been, I mean, obviously hit the ground running there, but you've yeah. you've seen, you know, in in, the, in your time in toys, you know going from Tyco to like, again, where you are now at jazz, where so many different IPs, so many different, you know, um, uh, aesthetics out there. What, what are some of the major differences between, you know, packaging de- design when you got started to, you know, how, how it happens today?
2: Uh, great questions. There's actually, um, let me, let me answer this in a, in a, in a couple different, different parts, right? So the first part would be the way a package was designed, right? You know, insofar as technology is concerned, right? Um, When I started, there were no uh, computers, right? You had a drafting table, you had a T-square, a triangle, uh, ruling pens, rapidographs, um, you know, and you literally would design your package or lay it out um, all by hand, right? So you do your sketches on like tissue paper or whatever, kind of figure out your design, uh, there was no you um, no online photo resources where you can kind of slug in something as an FPO and kind of work. You know, every every designer had this big set of barrel markers. There must have been, I don't know, like 96 different colors in this big marker set. So if you wanted, um, you, know, uh, you know, what an illustration of a Tyco RC car would look like, you'd have to sketch it out. You bust out your markers. You do the marker, mm-hmm. uh, you know, marker comp kind of paste it into your mock-up and your design, that sort of thing. Present it to brand. Hey, this is what we're thinking for design. Okay, let's do it. Um, And then you would have to do the mechanical, right? So you take a piece of board, put it up on your drafting table, you know, get your ruling pen, do all your stuff, put your T-square. And the best part is, um, was the typesetting. You know, nowadays or whatever, you draw your text box, uh, wherever you want text on the packaging, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's a little too big for it. You scale it down. You kind of shift it around. Well, when you know, prior to computers, you, you'd get a manuscript right from the copywriter, or the marketing team, or whatever, and you'd send that out to a typesetting house, and you'd have to spec the type. There was this whole thing called a Statler rule where you kind of count characters and kind of figure out what space gets in there. Yeah. a lot of math. There's a lot of math involved so anyway you get your galley or whatever um uh back from the typesetting house you'd have to paste it up in the mechanical um and you're like oh crap it doesn't fit so you're like you're cutting out stuff <laughs> <kind> of, <laughs> so so yeah i think i think you know that's the, the biggest thing now and I, you know one thing i think is important to know is you know during the time pre-computer um you, you had to think right you had to plan out your design before you went and did it, uh, you know, you, you, you developed it, you um, put it in mechanical form, and then sent it out to do color separations and all that stuff. You really had to think about what you're doing because, like I said before, you know, if the type didn't fit, oh, crap, i got to get my X-Acto knife to, you know, put it in there or, or whatever. Um, so I think, you know, with the advent of computers, I think a lot of designers rely on the computer to figure out stuff for them Um, and sometimes they're, they're limited, um, by what the computer can do for them or what they know. Right. So, you know, I think designers need to think, um, of the computer as a tool and like, like I would like a T square or a triangle or ruling pens or whatever back in the day. Right. So, you know, the thing is, I think what's changed is, you know, I've seen a lot of designers fall into the, the, um, the trap of having the computer design it for them rather than using the computer as a tool, you know? Um, and so that's, that's in terms of design, but in terms of, uh, you know, the way the toy industry has evolved. Right. Um, I remember going to toy fairs, you know, geez, I've been going to toy fairs for almost 30 years in a row. Right. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, you, you have these companies that develop these great IP, unique, you know, unique stuff. Right. Um, what was groundbreaking, you know, mechanism or whatever that they build a line on. And then suddenly, you know, it changed. It was like the advent of like hardcore licensing um, uh, for toys, like, you know, following, you know, a tentpole uh, major motion picture. Um, you know, all these evergreen properties, right. And suddenly the buzz at toy fair was, um, you know, who came up with this great invention, this great unique product. It suddenly switched to, Oh my God, did you hear who became, you know, who was the master toy licensor for Jurassic park Or, or something like that. Right. Um, but early on in the licensing days, it was always like slap and adapt, right? They'd always just take, oh, let's put a ball and slap a Power Rangers logo on it. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, you know, yeah. that ball set. But, you know, I think, though, I think the way, you know, the toy industry has evolved where there's more meaningful product development and packaging development based on licensed properties, right? You know, I think the days of slap and adapt are over. Where they you know companies are now really embracing the brands and and pointing out very meaningful uh packaging and product for sure
0: yeah and I, I mean i th- I think it's interesting too and and you know correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's almost gone we we talked about packaging being the first impression, you know, but I feel like packaging has gone from you know something that is very utilitarian, like what's the most simple way we can get the toy in this box and you know to these, like, you know, and I I think back to some of your work, which we'll, you know, we'll get into, but, like, for instance, like, the Silver Surfer packaging that you did when you were at Toy Biz, like, the circular die-cut box with the blister on it, like, you know, that is something that absolutely leaps off of the pegs at a store when you see something that's not in, like, that kind of rectangle with, like, you know, rounded edges look to it. Um, So, you know, I'd, I'd imagine, too, that, you know, do, do you think that that's really kind of technology that allowed, you know, as the technology progressed and, you know, like you said, like the, the industry itself changing? Is that kind of what changed the overall style of the packaging too, like just to kind of keep up with the the changes in the industry?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think so. I mean, I think like early on, you, you know, to your point, you know, packaging was utilitarian, right? And you sort of had like uh, the Me Too stuff, right? If my competitor... A uh, blister card is a footprint of whatever dimensions and it's a square blister, blah, 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 that we're going to do it too, right? So, so I think, you know, it was probably in, I want to say like late 90s, early 2000s, there was this whole sort of revolution of like, all right, um, toy companies are now embracing the packaging structure. Let's do things differently, Right. Um, to kind of get away from the, like the Mego mindset, right. Where it was just, you know, square card, square blister. Um, you know, and I think, you know, in terms of technology, you know, using the computer as a tool or whatever, you know, you could probably do multiple iterations of your design more quickly and improve them out, uh, more quickly. Um, But if you you go back to the Silver Surfer thing, that was my first package that I ever said, hey, let's do it on uh, uh, metallic substrate and we'll do it in five colors, meaning four color process, and then put in white to kind of mask out stuff and where you want it to be solid. And, um, you know, don't put white um where you want the metallic to show show, show through so if you remember that pocket silver mm-hmm. surfer was had did had the four color processing but it was a blocked out of white so all the you know the silver surfer uh <laughs> came through right yeah so
1: yeah. yeah I mean you've speaking of silver Surfer you know you've tackled everything from Spider-man and blade movie tie-ins um with Marvel toy biz to Pokemon and wrestling figures for a few different promotions now. Um, and a few different companies or a couple different companies, um, are there any significant differences when it comes to working with all of these different iPS?
2: Yeah, I, I, yeah, for sure. Um, you know a lot of times with packaging, um, if the IP is well established and kind of has their stuff together, they'll just throw out a style guide. like here here's the style guide that uh, we need to follow. Um, so we had the same visual retail presence. Across all uh, consumer products, right. So, if someone's doing bedsheets, stationary, toys, or whatever, there's a there's a unified look across all brands, right? Um, sometimes you have liberty and leeway in the in the in the toy side to make it the packaging a bit more toyetic and, and that sort of thing. Um, but what I do like is you know I've worked on brands in the past like. Ah, a W was one of them, uh, initially, like we really don't have a style guide. Um, whatever you guys come up with, with is is find. Um, and actually the same thing with the, uh, the WCW, WCW stuff. Um, when I worked, uh, on, you know, worked with Toy Biz. Uh, and just to clarify, I did not work at Toy Biz. I worked with Toy Biz at my own, my own company. Right. And the same thing, we really don't have a style guide. You know, what do you guys want to come up with? Uh, so we did. And it was great to see that other um, uh, licensing partners at other, um, you know, manufacturers adopted our style guide that we did for toys across other, hmm. um, you know, product categories. Um, you know, in a challenge, you know, and, you know, and there are challenges, too, with, um, um, you know, some... I'm just going to say some, some, some licensors are like, Hey man, love your work. You know, you guys are doing great just do your thing. And there, and there's some other licenses that are super, um, and hyper protective of their, of their IP and, and are just a bit more demanding than the others. So, but you know, that's understandable and you kind of sort of run the gamut there.
0: So you mentioned some of those, those, uh, the wrestling packaging. So, uh, you know, the WCW smash and slam, uh TNA, Impact, and now obviously AEW. Um, what are some of your, your favorite designs, you know, in, in that kind of wrestling category?
2: Yeah, no, it, it was funny. Uh working working with Toy Biz, uh, we were doing a bunch of uh Marvel stuff, uh, we were doing the Spider Man stuff, and it was like, Hey, we got this wrestling thing, you know, WCW. It wasn't really fun. Eh, or whatever, you know, it's 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 work, let's do it, right? Um, so it really got into it. Um and I remember one of their first um offerings they they did in the in the smaller figures, I think it was the uh not quite six inch, but in in and around that scale, uh was like the smash and slam stuff, right? So um so we kind of as a team uh the company where where that I owned and and worked, we kinda came up with the whole structure of like the ring ropes in front. In the in the die, cu- uh, the die cut ring ropes and the and in the insert uh, trap between the two blisters, and you know loved it. Everybody loved it, and I still pe- I still see people doing it to this day. And I like to think <laughs> that, that I was the early adopter there. You know, so
0: yeah, that I mean that was an iconic. Uh, you know mm-hmm. the say what you will about how the figures themselves have aged, but like the way (laughs) that those were presented, the smash and slam and, and, personally the ringmasters i loved the the ringmasters oh, packaging those figures were ridiculous <laughs> but you know <laughs> like honestly for the longest time the only chris jericho figure that you could get
2: the I mean, lion the lion tamer yeah, yeah. It was the lion yeah. tamer one was,
0: and i still <laughs> have i still have two complete two complete uh figures from that line i have i have yeah. chris jericho one yeah. and i have uh hollywood hulk hogan with the director's
2: yeah. chair and the you know the the I know it was so crazy. And they what they they had Goldberg uh like his signature move was a jackhammer, so he was dressed up like a construction worker, right? Yes. And then then Scott De- Scott Steiner you know as the Gargoyle Bulldog or whatever.
1: And then uh, Bret Hart was an actual
2: the, hitman. The hitman, yeah, yeah, the pinstripe you know nineteen you know, twenties Chicago gangsters su- you know suit.
1: <laughs>
0: Little on the nose, yeah, I- but it worked. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I remember seeing the uh, smash and slams for the first time, thinking like, "Oh, this is different. Like, I've never seen anything like this before." And I even remember like the you know the Impact ones with the big logo across the front. And yeah, just some great stuff.
2: No, it, um, it was just super fun. Yeah, yeah that was um, yes, really memorable times. You know, working with, with Toy Biz and you know, um, you know, Toy Biz actually went through a couple uh uh premutations, right? So it, it was it was Toy Biz. Um and then you know Toy Biz actually bought Marvel, then it was Marvel Toys. Yep. Um and they kind of just like, okay, oh, let's be in the IP business versus the toy business. Um so they just were licensing you know, all their all their IPs out. You know, you know, their their biggest partner still to this day, you know, Hasbro. And um no, it was just crazy. And they were just, you know, making, you know, more money, yeah, l- less risk and more money by not manufacturing anything, you know, and just licensing out their IPs, you know. And uh, I just became an entertainment company. Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: Marvel Legends still going strong.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Actually, uh, the, the OG Marvel Legends logo. Not a great design in my mind, but my, my my company had done that with the bars behind it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the, the OG bar. Yeah, versions, you yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, they, yeah. They
0: actually recently, uh, Hasbro recently, I want to say recently, I think it's already like a year ago, um, did an anniversary line where they put out new versions of that first wave and they used the old logo. On the on the packaging for him, it was it was very nostalgic seeing it. Exist. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I mean, I don't remember like some of the uh, the, the toy based stuff where the famous cover series. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Worked on those, and then uh, not wildly popular. Uh, fam- Marvel's famous couples, right? Mm-hmm. Remember those? Wait. Yeah. So,
0: so did yeah. you work on the packaging for what is arguably one of the most infamous releases of all time? And I wish. Damn, I wish I had it, but the, or had it with me. It's currently in my, in my, uh, doesn't say you better yeah, still have it. The, the Aunt May figure, famous covers, that black and gold. Uh, yeah, yeah,
2: yep, like, yep, yep. Uh, and it kind of had a, sort of the Art Deco kind of thing around it. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yep. man.
0: We we can't we can't escape that release the release that yeah. it it literally ruined Aunt May figures for uh, yeah. for Je- Jesse Falcon over at a, at a, forever uh, yeah well, yep. until I, recently
2: yeah, I, I know Jesse yeah and do, and do you know you know for some of the um, uh, Spider Man uh, toys that had of uh, you know voice or whatever like Spider Man Jesse was the voice of Spider Man really. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah
0: well well, next next time we 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 get his ear we'll have to have him uh recite some lines for us
2: (laughs) (laughs) so i remember telling stories like there was really no recording studio they would go into like some sort of like supply closet and like a makeshift like recording setup like everybody be quiet i gotta record lines for uh for whatever whatever product that you know this this sound is going to go into yeah And now, a word from our sponsors.
0: This segment is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy Wubsy Toys. A traditional mom and pop toy store in Little Falls, New Jersey, Chubsy Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at their brand new home at 101 Newark Pompton Turnpike Suite 1 in Little Falls, New Jersey or online at chubzywubzy.com That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com and tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you.
2: Rewind and press play on your VHS collection with CGC. CGC is
0: excited to announce our newest collectible vertical, CGC Home Video. As a division dedicated to authenticating and grading your VHS collection, our experts are ready to help you encapsulate your favorite video cassettes. Don't settle for static on the
2: screen. Submit today at cgcgrading.com. That's cgcgrading.com. Face
1: it, shaker bottles suck. Your shakes always come out clumpy and they're a pain to
0: clean. You're right, Dave. That's why I decided to ditch my shaker bottle for good and get myself a BlendJet 2 portable blender. It makes perfectly blended shakes in just 20 seconds.
1: BlendJet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease.
0: BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. It lasts for over 15 blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. Just blend
1: water with a drop of soap and you're good to go.
0: With an array of colors, patterns, or even Disney-inspired designs to choose from, show off your personality while you're blending up something delicious on the go.
1: What are you waiting for?
0: Go to BlendJet.com and grab yours
1: today. And
0: be sure to use the promo code AICPOD12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 Portable Blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use the code AICPOD12 to get 12% off your order and free 2-day shipping. Shop today to get the best deal ever and now back to the show
1: so whether it's based on look of a character or just being a fan um who are some of your favorite wrestlers you've designed packaging around
2: um it was it was actually funny what one, one memorable moment uh comes to mind so I was in um there have been so many of these fan fest and things. I think it might have been in Chicago last year uh maybe Vegas I'm not sure so uh, one of the things that we like to do with these fan fests and we have these panels and stuff, we like to kind of pull in talent to kind of just, you know, have some great interaction, not only with us, the panelists, but with the crowd as well. So um, so we kind of had like this little green room sort of pipe and drape thing set up behind the, the panel stage and Sting was there. And I'm, I'm not a Mark at all, man. I'm just like, I'm like, I, I consider like all the wrestlers that interact with interact with it's just guys that i work with that you know to do my job or whatever right so sting is sitting there i'm like staying i'm 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 not that guy man i'm really not that guy but you know i've put you in a package 20 years ago and i'm still putting you in packages today can i just get a picture with you right so so it's like, like you did it right so like going from like the red face the nwo red face thing right um, to the San Diego Comic-Con, um, exclusive with the coffin. Um, you know, it's just, it's just so trippy that, to, to just go from, you know, 20 years ago doing from, from one, um, you know, older version to the, to a sort of, sort of contemporary version. And, um, you know, I did hear, um, You know, through the grapevine that Sting said when he saw this package, like this is one of the best, the San Diego Comic Con one. This is one of the best packages that I've ever seen. That, that, I'm in type of thing. So,
0: well, you, you, so that was a, you and the Stinger are drinking from that same fountain of youth because, like, you know, you're, you're still putting him in packages, but he's still getting into packages.
2: Yeah. But, but, but but I'm not jumping, I'm not jumping off a 10 foot ladder, you know, into a a table. The guy's what, 62 years old?
1: Yeah. I, I was gonna say I, I I was hoping you were gonna say Sting because it was like over three companies worth yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of figures, yeah, yeah. so that's. Yeah. But um, either I I you know, or even Joe or like uh, Christian, I think was one of those like multiple company guys. Jericho, Jericho, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's 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 got to be neat to see like them. Okay, I worked <laughs> with this guy when he was you know 20 years ago and now just to see them still at it or even like you know 15 years ago whatever the case may be like that's that's got to be cool and like a cool testament to kind of the longevity of all of this stuff
2: yeah for sure you know for sure and i and i think um what i like to see in the toy industry is you're absolutely right that the longevity in these evergreen brands right you know fads come and go you know and You know, something may be popular for, you know, a decade, maybe five years, you know, know, look at like Cabbage Patch or whatever, you know, made its money kind of going by the wayside, but I just love, love, love to see these, these brands that are just evergreen, you know, like Pokemon's, uh, you know, one of those brands that I'm, that I'm fortunate to, to, to work on, you know, so, um, yeah and I think it's it's a testament to not only the the licensee and uh, you know the licensors too for just you know making continue to make themselves rel- relevant you know so
0: And and you brought up Pokemon and you know I, I feel like you know as as two very big you know wrestling fans uh you know that that tends to be our focus when we you know when we think about Jazzwares right now just you know everything that's going on with AEW but um you know to take a moment to talk about pokemon as well you know you 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 designed those the 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 pokemon select boxes that those uh that those super articulated figures are in um that must have been a really cool opportunity because there's never really been pokemon figures like that before
2: yeah yeah for sure a big shout out to my team uh john and ryan on that one there too but um yeah, no, it's like we were fortunate to sort of have that opportunity, right? So we had the main line, which is your typical red package or whatever. Um, and then we kinda you know, sort of have the, the uh the plused up characters with the super articulated or whatever um in our in our select uh collection, right? So, you know, the challenge there was how do we differentiate the mainline packaging with the select packaging, right? So we, we employed, you know, most of the the visual elements, but just treated them in a different way. Right. So on the, um, uh, the mainline stuff, you know, you have the, the red with dark red pokeball pattern field on there, whatever. So, you know, for Slack, we took like sort of the tone on tone, dark red, gray on there. And rather than treating, Um, a full color character representation kind of the line art tone on tone thing to give it a more of a, of a collector vibe. But, but yeah, I know like Pokemon has been really, really um, um, supportive of of jazz wearers and kind of has led us go into categories and, and, and uh, sub segments or sub sub lines where, you know, some of their, Licensers haven't gone before, or I'm sorry, some of their licensees haven't gone before. So you know, it's again, it's it's so awesome to work with such an iconic brand. What are they going on 25 years now, whatever? Yeah, just over. And and um and it's a number one grossing IP ever, you know. So it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing, right? So you know, (laughs) to me, it's kind of funny. It's just like when I first started my company and then since moved on to Jazzwares and other uh, others and then ultimately Jazzwares. uh my you know people say what's your business plan right and my my business plan was simple i want to work on brands that people has heard of right that that are household names. yeah because i remember when i was doing like freelance and stuff did a couple you know stints at various advertising agencies and i'm working i'm like i don't know what's this <laughs> like. what's, I was, doing, you know, um you know, ads and catalogs for um it was called the Shermatic two thousand. What is the Shermatic two thousand you ask? It's it's basically a sausage maker. Great. Right? <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> That's exactly what it was. You know, because they're claiming to pay that you know I had a bigger hopper than any any uh, any sausage making machine out there.
0: <laughs> as, as a podcast that is that is uh that is very much so directed to mm-hmm. a niche, that is that is a niche. That is you yeah, ever wanted yeah, to it, find it, it, out how the sausage it, well,
2: was made? Exactly. I was you, gonna say yeah. exactly. Good segue. <laughs> huh? good, good good good. tie-in.
0: But but the 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 one thing with the that I that I wanted to ask with uh Pokemon that I, you know I was just thinking about as you were kind of talking about, kind of defining like style guides and using, using style guides, Pokemon has like a very distinct look at retail, like that red, that white, you know, like the Pokeball colors, I, which is why I was so kind of blown away that, you know, I, I guess for the lack of a, of a better term, like they, they, they trusted Jazzwares enough and they trusted the creative team enough to let you do like a, like you said, like that tone on tone, black and silver, like it's a very mm-hmm. unique look for that brand.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, so that was um a, a true collaborative effort there, right? So with um TPCI themselves, um um Jazzwares, and it was also a, a um a third party d- design shop that kind of um worked through some designs with us and, and us being the master toy um uh licensee, uh we are able to contribute to that to that um you know end result there too so it was a a full-on collab um you know the first go around um with the packaging before it was refreshed it kind of had like that blue kind of energy feel that came around and stuff that was all that was all jazz for sure yeah
0: so um sticking in the this kind of line of of unique packaging um let's go back to wrestling now uh you've had the opportunity to design some, some pretty insane one-offs uh, for, for AW, especially for the ringside collectibles exclusives. Um, the bit of the bubbly, the Jurassic Express, um, the, the Danhausen, and then the most recently revealed uh, Death Triangle 3-pack, you know, a nice trifold. Um, where, where do these ideas come from? Because they are, like, honestly, they're some of the, some of, if not the most unique packaging, I think, you know, any collector has seen, you know, cross toys.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think one of the advantages there is, like, you're not beholding to a line look or, um, you know, you have to roll out, you know, various assortments or, um, you know, product categories for an entire line right so you don't have to translate pokemon plastic to pokemon plush to pokemon select to the surprise attack game or whatever um these are those unique moments in time right so you can pretty much you have carte blanche right so so your your you know creative license is what you make of it right so i like to say you know a lot of these things design themselves right so a little bit of the bubbly obvious let's let's make it you know let's make it a a champagne bottle right so the biggest challenge there like you know how can we mass produce this without being um you know too too costly or not get the end result that uh we we think you know it ought to be right we want to preserve that quality and, and integrity of what we're trying to achieve here um so that, that was, that was, uh, a lot of back and forth, a little bit, little bit of bubbly, for example, that was a lot of back and forth with our Asian team. Um, the factories to kind of get it just right. Um, you know, at the end, um, you know, I think they think the uh, end result speaks for itself. It was an awesome package, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to, to the Dan housing one with the, you know, cape the thing there. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so, um. Steve Dizak, right. Who's on my team kind of, he's a big Batman fan. So he kind of like, he was inspired by the, like the Batman sort of thing. Right. And he came with design and said, well, you know, this is like one of those things where uh, I don't think we can Frankenstein or cobble the photograph, the photos together or the photography together based on, you know, what we get that's available um, to us from AEW with all their studio shots. Right. Just going to, you know, require a, a photo shoot. So one of the, again, one of the fan fests or whatever, um, you know, kind of went up to Dan Housen. I'm like, you know, Donovan, um, you know, showed him the concept. Can we do this? Like, yeah, dude, let's go up to see Speedy Speedy's, the in-house AEW photographers. You know, it's like, yeah, let's get it done or whatever. So kind of art directed him and, and did the whole thing. Um, and what's great about AEW is, is that, a, that relationship that we have not only with the AEW, um, management team, but with the talent itself. Right. Um, you know, Sammy's always hit me up like, dude, when am I going to see such such a package? I heard you guys are doing it. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, dude, I can't, you know? <laughs> you know, you know, or, or whatever. So, um, so it, it's, it's really, it is a true collaboration. Right. So, and I, and I think, you know, in the end result, the packaging shows like, like we could have done that, that Dan Housen thing effectively if we didn't have that access to the talent. Right. And it was not even scheduled; like an impromptu thing. I'm like, "Donovan, can we just like I showed him things it? say, yeah, let's do it.' Let's do whatever you need, you know. And um, you know, it, it's awesome, right? And and again with the the death triangle thing, um, I think one of those things, like, yeah, it designed itself, you know, basing everything off off the triangle, right, or whatever. But I was thinking, like, what could be like a cool unboxing? Um, uh, make it yet yeah, compact for for shipping, you know, purposes, but. How can how can it be displayed on shelf by the collector? So we kind of came up with the whole triptych thing where they all kind of fold into this truncated triangle. When you fold them out, you get you know three abreast. I like can see all all the figures in a more sort of horizontal, not as deep, uh, shelf friendly format, right? So um, yeah, and just just screwing around and you know poking through some ideas, and this is where we landed, right?
0: And it kind of evokes their entrance, too, which is pretty cool. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So are you ever given, you know, with these these kind of one-off projects, like, do you have, you know, obviously outside of, like, you know, the inside baseball stuff about budgets and everything, but, like, yeah, yeah, sure. do you have a certain, like a, like, a list of constraints that you have to work with? Like, you mentioned, for instance, like, it being able to ship easy or it being able to display? Like, are you,
2: yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think that that stuff comes with, uh, you know, the end result, right. And then it comes with experience, right. And it comes with, you know, knowing the collector, knowing the, um, the retail space. And, you know, in, in this instance, it's, um, sort of e-comm space with, with, uh, um, you know, Jonathan and Trevor over at ringside or whatever, but, but, you know, it's, Yeah. yeah, You have to take all those things into consideration. Right. So, you know, a lot of times what we do, we just kind of like, like, what, what can it, what can it be? We just throw in all the bells and whistles and you know, sometimes it's like, ah, we have, you know, we got to cut some costs here. We got to come in, you know, uh, where we need to be, you know, um, you know, price wise, um, you know, retail wholesale price or whatever. So there's things that you can do. So there's trade-offs, but you know, sometimes you try to make the best of those trade-offs. So, you know, I, you know, have done some packaging where I'm like, this is where it's going to be. It's like, wow, man, it's way too expensive. So you, you, so you have to pivot, right? Um, but, but yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of considerations, right? Especially to um, uh, Jazzware is, is, is doing a whole um, sustainability um, sort of uh, initiative here, right? So we're trying to, to cut out, um, you know, as much plastic as we can, uh, you know, in our, in our packaging and we're switching from uh, PV, uh, switching from P- PVC to PET, which is a more uh, widely recyclable uh, material. Um, you were switching from sort of petroleum based inks to soy based, soy based inks, that, that, that kind of thing. And, you know, minimizing a, a footprint uh, of a package to kind of uh, have a smaller case pack and, You know, a smaller case pack means you can put more um, master cartons in a container so you're more efficient there. So, you know, and and all that good stuff. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, Like I said, like you said before, like the inside baseball stuff. Yeah, it's not like, you know, we, we run around. or you know in the studio with our berets on and our smocks and our paintbrush and we go nilly (laughs) will creative i did you know you gotta you gotta respect the business side of stuff you know
0: yeah and and we've we've you know had this conversation before with you know other people who who work with um you know professional wrestling talent uh with AEW and otherwise it it does kind of seem like a little bit of a blessing that like action figure culture is so pervasive in wrestling like these Mm -hmm. these superstars these these uh these these wrestling uh you know icons uh whether whether they're new to the business or somebody like sting who's been there for so long like becoming an action figure is like you know a badge of honor for a wrestler Mm so it's it's just great to see that like you know that excitement carries into the actual like business side of it where they're like, no, what can I do to help? How can I, Uh, Oh, exactly.
2: They're so supportive. If, if, you know, if you, we need to cut a video, you need to report you know, um, support something, Mm -hmm. you know, on on my social thread, happy to do it, you know, that, that type of stuff. And you're going back like the whole badge of honor. I remember, I think we were in Orlando. Right. And we showed Ricky Starks, who actually had a really good fight, um, last weekend. I thought he did.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Strap match unbelievable.
2: I know. Yeah. yeah. And, um, uh, I remember sitting in the hotel in Orlando showed him like, I think it was magic or Greg showed him his first figure and the dude just needed a moment and just started bawling. And it was just so awesome to see, you know what I mean? And he and he told this story, you know, um, you know, it, it was just like, he didn't think it would happen. He, he, his career was kind of in flux and he, he kind of got signed to AEW and now he has an action figure and it was like crazy. Right. Um, yeah. But that, that strap and go back to the strap match. That that was awesome. You know, Yeah. We had, yeah I, I don't know if you guys saw the star thing where Danielson kind of crashed our, our star cast yes. well, crashed, yeah. crashed our star cast. <laughs>
0: Yeah no uh, yeah he was those when he had uh, that one part of the match when he had uh, when he had Ricky kind of tied up in the corner and was just wailing away on him with that strap it was just those are some those are some stiff shots.
1: <laughs> oh, oh by the way, fre- working basically to one arm because he's fresh off a broken arm. That's nah, that's right. Probably yeah. still yeah.
2: yeah yeah no it was a good match yeah. but uh, but yeah but like going back to it, it's moments like those like. You know, I, I think, you know, the Wars aw partnership is, is truly, you know, an, an amazing one. It, it really is. Just having access to the talent, um, you know, it's like, you know, the talent will be like, oh, here's my cell. hit me up anytime, you know, here's this, you know. It's like, where, where else can you get that? I don't think WWE is doing that, you know, with, with their talent for sure, but, you know, the accessibility, and it just makes our job easier, not only in the product side and the packaging side. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a really, really fortunate situation for us for sure.
0: So I think with that, it's time to head into our Q and a, uh, section. Um, so, uh, this is the portion of our, of our show where we, um, have collected, uh, questions from our, our followers and our, and our listeners, Dave, please remind our listeners, uh, how can Uh, they, how can they, um, make Make their questions available uh for for these segments so if you're listening to this
1: and you're not following us yet on instagram at aic underscore podcast or on YouTube at is it adventures and collecting podcast all one word yes, okay, or at adventures and collecting podcast all one word, you should be because if you smash on those subscribe buttons and hit those likes for those videos and on YouTube, hit that little bell. It'll let you know when there's a new video. Um, but on, on the Instagram and on the, on the X, I guess it is now. On
0: the X. X
1: on the X. X marks the spot. Um, you can actually see who the next guest is going to be. And on Instagram, we put up a nice little story. And on that story... It says, do you have any questions for this guest? And you can ask that guest a question, but only. And only, I mean, only if you subscribe, because that's the only way you're going to see it.
0: Dave, I think that's your best one yet. Like, like you, you hit like a really, um, you hit like a really good, like cadence and a really good momentum there. I think I think I think you're finding your way. I think you're finding way I, well,
1: I know what some of this stuff means now. So, I uh I've I've graduated to now I'm I'm somewhat learned and um and here we are.
0: Dave, you are enough. You you are enough. <laughs> All right. Uh so let's uh let's jump Somebody finally. <laughs> let's jump right into this uh Q&A here, Dave. Why don't you start us off? Yeah, and we're starting off with
1: um, Friend of the Pod at Toy Farce. He asks, the AEW Supreme Packaging displays accessories in a very unique way. How did you wind up with the side display windows?
2: Wait, like Dave, that was a question I was just still entranced by your... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Me too. I, I think I went into the zone a little bit. Yeah, like you went to like a fugue state. It was. I, yeah, I was, my eyes were doing something crazy.
2: We were all just. We were. Here yeah, for it. Um, yeah. 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 No. No. That was. Um, um, you know, a lot, a lot of back and forth, right? So the idea was um, because of the supreme, um, you know, it was an elevated figure in terms of the accessories, um, you know, ring gear, that type of stuff. Um, so we wanted to really show off that moment in time. Right. So, uh, you know, when the, 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 talent or the wrestler is coming down, you know, this is what the old stage where it had the rounder tunnel opening, like kind of coming through the opening, um, uh, going down to the ramp, to the ring. We wanted to capture that moment. Right. And we really wanted to show off the quality and the attention to detail of, um, of the ring kit that, that the, the, that the wrestler was wearing, you know, at that time. Right. And, and you kind of see other competitors packaging who shall be renameless uh, or, or nameless rather. Um, they kind of like did the value play, you know, here's our figure and here's all the stuff that you get with it. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Right. So I think, you know, you know, after going with, through with the team, we were like, Hey, you know what, if we just kind of capture the moment um, with this figure, show the entrance gear as best we can. We don't want to muddy up the scene. And I was like, Hey, what if we put this stuff on the sides? You still get the, you know, you still get to see all the stuff, but for the guy who's a, you know, minon on card collector or whatever, wants to put it on the shelf, put it in this man cave or whatever. You have this really nice uh, presentation of, of the toy itself, you know? So it was just kind of like one of those things like, let's not, not, not muddy it up. Right. Um, there was, uh, not to say a lot of controversy at Jazzverse about that. We kind of worked through it and they were like, and they kind of like saw the light on this one and like, okay, we get it. Uh, let's keep this stuff on the side.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's one of those more, again, like a, like a, a unique treatment where I think, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, kind of the, the value prop, but I, I think there actually is, I, I think that could, that could be said about this too, right? Cause, you know, you, you get, kind of that threefold. You know, you get the, you get the, you know, the, the the entrance moment captured, you get the, the really nice, uh, you know, art on the back of the box, you know, that, that is mm-hmm. commemorating that same moment. And then when you turn it around, you really can see, and it plays to the, the kind of unique build of the figures, right? Like there's, there's really nothing no other line out there that's doing the, the swappable legs and the yeah
2: you know. yeah and, and you know and I think too like you mentioned that I just think it would look silly if you see this sort of truncated you know figure just the legs you know so and that was another reason to do it you know sort of and it, it ended up you know in, in our favor we kind of put that stuff to the side for sure
1: it's a super clean presentation and I like how it's kind of gone into um, some of the exclusives too, like blood and guts has it. Um, the, t- I think the initial Cody TNT champion does too.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yep. yep yeah. Yep, yep. Which
1: I would imagine Sammy will
2: as yeah, well. Yeah. It's a very yeah, similar. And, and exactly. You know, it's one of those things we always try to capture a moment in time, but also, um, you know, keep the collector in mind, you know, it's just like, yeah, it's a, we're catching that moment in time. It's that Polaroid. It's a snapshot, you know, um, Rather than like, yeah, it comes with three heads, comes with three sets of hands, comes with the soft good, comes with this, you know. But I, you know, I think, you know, like I said, having the collector in mind, um, you know, has, has served us well for sure.
0: Now, now I'm sitting here laughing, thinking, you know, of all of the action figures I've seen over the years, years, especially recently, where like, you know, people are like, you know, figure swapping and taking stuff out of the package. I could picture some some parent looking at you know, the, the Supreme, the Supreme packaging, were it not laid out the way that it was going, I can't buy this. Somebody stole half the figure. There's
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. It. <laughs> no, it, It's so funny. You talk about like the whole like figure swapping or whatever, returning back to the store. We've actually got, um, you know, uh, not complaints, but issues raised to our, to our customer service department would you know, be like, uh, I bought this figure, but it's wearing, you know, a such and such shirt from WWE, like, either A, are they, like, um, not necessarily as a mistake. They thought they maybe have some sort of, like, factory mix-up thing at first. Like, is the factory doing stuff for AEW and WWE and did the WWE shirt, <laughs> you know, landed in AEW packaging? But, you know, but it was, like, the whole figure swap thing where people are just putting in whatever, you know, uh. and returning it to get the, the piece or part or entire figure, you know?
1: So actually, I just, side question I just thought of. Um, speaking of like super unique stuff, like the uh, Supreme, I think kind of low key, the um, that initial Cody TNT Champion packaging is kind of one of the best, because I kind of consider the packaging like an accessory too. Had you come up with that? translucent like the idea for the translucent background for the yeah, for
2: the screen. yeah. So, so that was like a a really um collaborative group effort there we kind of like captured that moment in time blah 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 the, the you know coming through the entrance and you know somebody was like hey we should put like the thing behind something like what if we put it on acetate and, and print it um kind of like an easter egg don't promote it you know, and a couple people figured out, like, "Hey, if I put a flashlight behind it, or put my phone behind it, you know, it'll kind of illuminate like the 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 uh, the older stage." You know, like when they had the big that screen above the entrance mm-hmm. tunnel. But yeah, no, it was again trying to capture with the collector in mind, trying to capture that moment in time. You know.
0: So on to our next question. Uh, past guest and friend of the pod at Nostalgic Adam asks. Uh, if you could design packaging for any brand or product, it does not have to be a toy. What would it be?
2: Huh, that's a tough one because, you know, being in the toy world all my professional life. But I would say, like, anything that's sort of uh, useful and, you know, can, can benefit man in some way. I don't know what a product is, but. You know, just kind of promote the, the greater good there.
0: Oh, you know what? I have an idea. Go ahead. What about a meat grinder?
2: Shramatic 2000? <laughs> <2000. laughs>
0: I was
1: expecting a real answer, and I should have known otherwise. <laughs> you reeled me in.
2: <laughs> no, nah, you know, that that's a, that's a tough one, you know. But, you know, I think just, you know, the, I just think the basic tenets of, of design to just hold true, you know, be be true to the brand, Um you know, don't don't leapfrog somewhere where it shouldn't be, right? Um, um, I, I've always said like one of my long-standing tenets is, you know, um, don't try to shoehorn the brand into something where to a place where it ought not to be, you know, just just um, kind of let it land where it wants to land, not where it needs to land, right? And I think if you like I said, you try to shoehorn it into a space, it just gets kind of Kind of complicated, messy, and confusing, you know?
0: Good words to live by. Dave, yeah. Dave do you want to do... Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Do you want to do the final one? Yeah. Sure. Um,
1: this one does not mention a meat grinder, I promise. Uh, that we know our of. Our mutual... Yeah, that we know of. Well, That we know of. Um, our mutual friend, Aaron.
2: The man, right. at the
1: man with the red mane. Asks... <clears throat> What's your best story you have from coaching rugby?
2: Hmm. I would say not necessarily coaching rugby, but refereeing rugby. Right. So I'm also a rugby referee. Right. So the thing with rugby is, um, unlike football, soccer, or baseball, um, they're not called rules uh, in rugby. They're called laws. Right. So the referee or the sir, which is there, so. Sort of I forget the rule um, number exactly, but there's a law um, in rugby that says the sir, meaning the referee is a sole judge of fact and law. That's a law in rugby, right? So basically if the referee doesn't see it, it didn't happen. Right. Um, And so there's this weird kind of respect for the, the referee everyone calls him, sir. Right. So I, I I was doing a high school match or maybe in a college match. I'm not quite sure what it was. Um, Something happened where I didn't think it was an infraction, so I let it go. Um, So all I hear from the sideline is uh, one of the coach or another player from the opposing team yell, what the F, sir? So I was like, okay, I'll allow it. He treated me with respect. He called me (laughs) sir, and I'll allow it. (laughs) So. But he didn't use the he used the, the full yes. F word. <laughs> that's
1: that's the sweetest way to have cursed in anyone yeah.
0: ever. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What the F, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
0: I didn't know that. I didn't know that referees in uh in rugby were called sir.
2: And there's only one referee on the pitch at any given time. You have the, the sort of ARs, which is basically, you know, the equivalent of side judges in um soccer, you know, guys with the flags. Yeah. But yeah, you know, you're just one guy on a pitch covering, uh, what's it, fifty meters by a hundred meters, you know, hundred meters long, fifty meters wide. That is
0: that
1: is a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> yeah, significant space.
2: So if I get yelled at, what the f, sir? You know, <laughs> just one guy. <laughs>
0: that's it. That's a t-shirt, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Well, well, sir, uh, you have you have survived our uh, our Q and A. Um, and, uh, and, and speaking of covering a lot of ground, we, we, did, we did just that. But uh, before we let you go, uh, we do have one final question. Uh, Dave, would you like to fulfill your role as this podcast's James Lipton and ask our final question?
1: Why, yes, I would. Now, we had to alter the final question due to the fact that Chris does not collect toys. However, we've come up with something suitable. So, sir, the final question that we ask all of our guests, what is your favorite and or strangest package that you've worked on? It can be one of each or it can be both.
2: Well, I did one which is not suitable for the air. Let's just say it's um, when I was doing a consulting gig for for Spencer's. Uh (laughs) <laughs> uh and it was and, 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 and it, 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 it without it, saying uh, anything okay but but so i so is like, that
0: the favorite or was that the strangest uh
2: <laughs> fave strange
1: it could be both it could be. it's in the rules all
2: right <laughs> um but, but one thing that comes to mind is, you know, I, I think like one of the the coolest things that Toy Biz had done with the WC stu- WCW stuff, right? You know, you, you sort to get like, um, you know, back in the, the the San Francisco toy makers or whatever when they were doing the the WWE figures or whatever, like they were action figures, right? So they, you know, when WCW put the stuff in a truly innovative toy company, and you had like yes you had, you had mentioned ringmasters but do you guys remember grossouts i do all know. right so, so 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 like sting sting had a mask on you take off his mask he was a zombie zombie face um, i think there was a Goldberg where you squeeze his belly and his eyes bulge out
0: i do remember these now yeah cuz yeah, yeah, sting yeah, yeah. sting kind of looks like rat fink
2: yeah yeah like a shriveled old zombie yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yep.
0: Yeah. Yes, I remember yeah, these. I remember them. Yeah, yeah. I remember them.
2: So that was fun and also strange because, you know, as, I don't know, WCW at the time or whatever as a licensor, like, how would they allow that? It has nothing to do with wrestling.
0: <laughs> I remember the Sid Vicious one. I don't remember them being called gross house, I just remember them being... Like yeah. weird monsters, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, remember yeah. the Sid Vicious one vividly. That thing was everywhere. Oh, like he's like Frankenstein. Almost. Yeah, it's the top
1: of the
2: head yeah, yeah.
0: comes off, and you can see his brain. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, mean, I think it was Goldberg whose eyes bulged out or something. I, I there was one of them. But yeah, that that was uh, fun and strange.
0: Yeah, those those are weird, and and for some reason there there is like a a weird recurring theme where like a company tries to do zombified or like monster monster um versions of of wrestlers. You know, at this point, uh Jazzwares is due. Like the cycle has has c- completed mm-hmm. itself. We're ready for the the zon hey, maybe we'll get the Texas Chainsaw Texas Chainsaw Matt. What did they call it?
2: Massacre got te- Texas, yeah, the Chainsaw Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Chainsaw
0: Massacre Death Match. Yes.
2: Leather leatherface. There's
0: a there's a three pack for you. Let's get Jeff-
1: Le- Leatherface is Part of WCW canon,
0: you know. I heard, or I, I'm
1: sorry, AEW canon yeah. that reminded me of WCW. For I a minute, I
0: don't know if this is true, but I heard Tony Khan was actually the one wearing the Leatherface costume. That's, um, that's the prevailing can, rumor.
2: I can I can categorically deny nor confirm that. Uh, <laughs> but but you know I I think you know actually the funny you should ask that because we did inquire about that but that was that was a promo for the video game. Um, yeah, uh, video game, was, yeah, Yeah, that, that was a paid promo.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: I lo- I, I, now I say that was very WCW, but I enjoyed it because I, when I was a kid,
0: I thought like Robocop being and WCW was the coolest yeah, thing yeah. all the time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that would that would make like for an awesome like San Diego Comic Con exclusive. You know, like a, yeah, like no, yeah,
2: yeah, no doubt. And it was funny too because I know the guy, um, uh, Dave I'moff. His name is. He's the he's a licensor guy. He used to be, work at. Um, uh, I forget the name of the, the, the movie company, but you know, he has his own lights, right? He handles like all the hearts like like leather face Texas Chainsaw Massacre a bunch of other properties handles so, like and, Like I was like hey, if we want to do it. I know the guy we could probably get a deal but but alas it was a promotion and nothing to do with the, the storyline or, or the show Ah, uh, bummer, bummer
0: well Chris, uh, with that, we, we've reached the end of the interview here. Um, and, and, before we say, before we say goodbye for now, um, can you tell our guests, uh, where can they find you online? Where can they find out about, uh, the incredible work that, uh, that Jazzwares is, is doing?
2: So I would say for AEW stuff, I would follow, uh, AEW by Jazzwares, um, and just Jazzwares in general, uh, and for myself, I believe my Instagram handle is uh, C underscore M underscore Metzger, M-E-T-Z-G-E-R. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's where you can find me. Follow me.
0: And do you have any more stand-up gigs coming up that you want to plug? <laughs>
2: uh, working on it working on it all right well i suppose I, I was supposed to do one in chicago with Belcaster, and uh, the place where we uh we're gonna hold it at actually had a gas leak uh, but i find that doob- i find that dubious and suspicious so
0: <laughs> well we'll definitely keep an eye out for uh for your upcoming yeah. gigs and you know we'll, we'll be sure to, to to share them out there and and you know we'll, we'll put links to all of the uh the handles that chris just mentioned in the show notes so you could just go right there tap away and make sure you follow everything uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, this was an absolute pleasure. And I can't wait to see what uh, what you and the team do next.
2: Yeah, my pleasure, fellas. Oh, thanks, man. Da- Appreciate it.
0: Dave, send us home. Um, light the
1: fuse, bring the boom, dynamite.
0: Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen. And then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both in our show notes.
1: Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode.
0: Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run
2: exceeds more than four hours